0: hello everybody how y'all doing my name is jordan walton and welcome to the 1025 podcast this is our first episode i am the host along with two very special friends of mine would y'all care to introduce yourselves
1: hello
2: i'm ashanti i'm a sophomore at west georgia and i'm really excited about this
1: okay hi i'm kristen and i'm really excited about this too
0: okay and I'm really excited about this too. I've been talking about this for a minute. So now we're going to be talking about a few current topics relating to entertainment and some stuff that affects the Black community as a whole. Let me share screen with y'all. Okay. So we all know Lil' Kim, right? Special icon when it comes to music. Well, a few weeks ago, she was on... Let me, let me stop this real quick. Okay, a few weeks ago, she was on uh, IG Live with Fat Joe. He's an, uh, another well-known rapper. And she was talking about how she can't get, she doesn't get um, her just due when it comes to other female rappers and other female celebrities, you know, giving her her props like Nicki Minaj, Beyonce, and all of them. And then she talks about some really stupid stuff about starting an OnlyFans. I'm sure, we all know what that is. Yeah. And it's very weird to see how an icon of Lil' Kim's status kinda is kind of dwindling and trying to do stuff for attention.
2: Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily dwindling. I think she's fitting in with the age that we're in with um, the overconsumption of media, I guess. Yeah. And she's the person we can watch. I mean, we have regular YouTubers creating OnlyFans, not necessarily just a way to... Intimately, but it's another source of money. We, we don't know if she's doing this for a monetary reason or she's doing this because she feels comfortable in the relationship. Right. So it's another example of how um, how relationships are just becoming really, um, like public relationships are becoming really intimate with the, with us, the general public. Right.
0: And, so but, and, and the main reason, sorry to cut you off, the main reason why I said dwindling is because it's kind of crazy to think that. In my eyes, I view her along with Nicki Minaj as two of the most influential female rappers, like of all time. And the fact that we're seeing an icon of her doing something that not a lot, like a lot of people will find pretty weird. I mean, of course, yeah, for monetary reason, but the fact that she's doing it is like ugh, I'm, I'm not sure about it. You know? Yeah,
2: but you have. A- so, who would you consider one of the most iconic um, artists right now? Ra-
0: Beyond, as far as rappers go. As far as female rappers, I would say Nicki, Nicki Minaj. Um, I know Cardi B talked about doing an OnlyFans like that because she was going to do the behind the scenes of WAP, and we're going to be talking about that later on. But I would say Nicki Minaj. Um,
2: okay, of I, course, I, I yeah, I of,
0: of, of the I, modern era, I would say Nicki Minaj.
2: Okay, um, I wanted to ask Chris, Kristen. Do you think it's yes. would it be odd for Nicki Minaj to create an OnlyFans?
1: No, not only because she see she would see the market for it based <laughs> off the, the over exploitation of black women.
2: Yes, it, exactly. That's exactly it. I mean, even right. during Little, where she was so um, she was not necessarily praised, but just so. Um, admired i guess yeah because she was so like expressive sexually so right. even only fans now if only fans was available then i'm pretty sure um people would still be and if she was um how old she was now and created an only fans i mean people would probably still view it just because of her history of uh not a promiscuous but just a sexual um a rapper
0: yeah and, and I-, I like Sorry about that. And I like how you kind of brought up how she was very expressive, because that was like one of the main things about Nicki when she started out. She had that very colorful, expressive type of personality, you know, wearing the colorful outfits, the pink wigs and all that. So I kind of I kind of credit, well, I really credit Lil' Kim for the creation and, of well, Nicki Minaj, you know, the birth and- of Nicki and Cardi. Yeah.
2: And of course, other um, female rappers from that era. It wasn't necessarily just Little Pim, but Sorry. it was still. It was a package deal with how the R and B artists during the '90s specific. But um, yeah, I think the thing is how uh, how how willing we are to consume this. How how. Who, who is, who, who, which audience of people are going to be going to this OnlyFans? Is it going to be um, people from our generation or other couples possibly? Like, who's going to be buying? Hmm. That's the most important thing to me. Because yeah. I feel like people not want to because we're just always, it's always in our face. Hmm. People, you know, yeah. you see little cam on OnlyFans. I'm not sure. Did she say that there was going to be explicit, explicit or sex? She didn't,
0: I, I don't think she said anything about explicit content. I, maybe she was talking about maybe like previewing some new music she had, because I think she did an album, um, I think two, two or last year, right? And it wasn't, you know, received very well. It didn't really sell that much. You would think with Lil' Kim, she was going to sell like mad records. She sold like 900 copies so it's like she needs to find a way to kind of bring that that charm and bring that back when it comes to music when it comes to fans you know and when it comes to like promotion and all that
2: i I definitely see what you're going in but as far as i um from what i read I, i think it was actually it was actually in the context of it being sexual because she um she's recently just gotten back together with i think who is her child's father I Forgot what his name was, but you guys can go look up the right there. Yeah, um, and you know she was just like this could just be an exciting venture, and she was like I'm. She was like I'm seventy five to eighty five percent sure that I would want to do it. And she says she would be comfortable with um putting their business out there. Yeah. So,
1: but and even.
0: And even, you know, when quarantine started, like, that would have been a very lucrative business venture for many people. But it's just kind of crazy now that, and hopefully everything is, you know, going well out there, you know, with the virus and all that. I'm wondering, though, when COVID ends, is that, is OnlyFans still going to be, like, a a lucrative thing now?
1: It wasn't. It still will. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm yeah. only saying that because sites such as Pornhub are still profiting off the sexual exploitation of women. Right. Even before, during and after times Yeah,
2: just in general in general yeah. if, um you can name any number of popular not even just female rappers but popular artists who invite them who invite us into their lives, I guess people yeah. are paying money to I guess to see um to see um, different content, or like it doesn't always have to be sexual, right? Less available content because that's what yeah. only you know is you subscribe to see things you wouldn't normally see under other platforms, right? So it's hey. it's a normal. She's just hopping on the bandwagon.
0: Yeah, yeah, we could basically say she is hopping on it, but only time will really tell when it comes to what she's gonna do as an artist and how she's oh. gonna progress. You know. Yeah, I see what you're. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. All right, so uh, let's. Any final words about the little Kim topic?
1: Uh huh.
0: Any with you, Kristen? Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to the next one. Okay. Now here's a second topic that that you all you know recommended. Has internet co- couples gone too far? Now. I've personally, I've seen videos and unpopular opinions from fellow YouTubers about, you know, internet couples are very cringy. It's very, you know, it's it's just weird, especially when they have kids. It's like they're trying to, how can I say this? Put, like, shove their kids down your throats. like, oh my God, are they adorable? Look at them, look at them, look at them. And it's almost like we really don't want to see them, you know? We really don't even want to see you to be honest with you. Cause it's like, y'all, they're they try so hard to be, here's everything about my personal life. You know, I'm putting all our business out there, you know.
1: Because it's
2: lucrative. People will go watch those YouTube videos, um, subscribe to their accounts, go to the follow them on Instagram because um I guess it's it's kind of outside of the American dream now. It's just like, I'm going to follow them because that's what I want. It's just mostly, this is the content that we're getting from these artists or YouTubers or, you know, anything else in between that now have families or, you know, like are engaged or like couples. You just always, you always see content like this now. And I added that in the context of the Little Kim situation because, um, well, if another YouTuber or like if another um artist or youtuber or whatever anything else in between like i said made this which you guys do you think we would be comfortable enough to describe or like any would it be normal and we already kind of it's been normalized
0: yeah i i don't think i think it would be normal if it wasn't such a big name person you know lil kim <laughs> is a big name person she's a big name artist if we go to like some regular smegular type people then it's like you know we, we we really don't really care that much but since it's an icon like little kim it's like oh let's go over let's support let's support you know
1: right. yeah,
2: that's kind of why i wanted to talk about that because in like the the general theme of you know people um opening up their lives to us is it is it too much is it too much or I, I personally think there's just yeah, I,
0: I think it's too much either too because even if we look at somebody like let's say Kim Kardashian she has her personal life her whole family everything just on TV well, you know the,
2: that's the Kardashian business it's the right.
0: family right
2: they they're lucrative they're lucrative in, entities in themselves right. you know yeah. so but
1: we also I'm sorry. <laughs> Go oh ahead. no!
0: You can go. You can go. But
1: I mean. well, we also made a culture of peering into everyone else's lives. We want to know every single second of their lives. Yeah. We even had MTV craves. We had closet tours. We had YouTube hauls. Everything. We want to see every single second of someone's life. Mm-hmm. Yes, you. You make yeah. an
2: excellent point, and um, you just you make an excellent point and something that. That's most worrying about me is just we're always um we're this, this these images are always being thrown at us so it's yeah. kind of like personality we are following these people and are are the expectations of marriage and children or just relationships um are they greater now do we have great expectations for these mundane yeah. everyday like events of marriage and relationships you think we have greater expectations now.
0: I think we do, and, and we're very quick to judge. You know, we, many people try to paint themselves, even on social media, we try to paint ourselves as we have this amazing life, we're, we're living life like it's golden, we're, you know what I'm saying, we just have everything, a great home, great kids, great wife, all that, and then when something doesn't go according to plan, people are quick to say, oh, forget this person, you know, forget it, you know, let's cancel them." simple when you show these people in your private lives yeah they're they they feel like they're obligated they have this a sense of entitlement when it comes to we can we can just judge you and it don't matter you know
2: yeah not sense characters they're not going to do exactly what we expect them because we've created such. but yet because they've created such an intimate relationship it's like we're an audience we're an interactive audience You're canceled because on your live stream, which I watch every single day, you said something that I did not like. But most of the people, I think we're in over our heads with that word.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think that's the main thing that, that's like one of the toxic things about social media is that we are quick to just jump on our phones and type something and just send it out there. We don't really think about, can this like mentally hurt somebody? Can this like cause them to go down a down, downward spiral you know we're, yeah. we're quick we don't think we just send it and just go on with our day but there are people out here who is really like dealing with stuff like that
2: even beyond um like personally speaking i know i have to take a break from social media because like you said even though i've never gotten any like, disastrously like disastrous comments yeah. i, I celebrities um or people whose lives are always in like a very open way that they have a break for social media that is just so and not to like pity them or but still
1: yeah definitely
2: definitely cons to having your life out there 24 7 and they're they're the cons of it
0: yeah what about you kristen what's your thoughts on it?
1: um
0: I don't have any at the moment, actually. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. I guess we can move on now. So let's start one more time. All right. Now, this is a very important topic, colorism. You know, a lot of people have been talking about this recently. They've been talking about positive reaffirmations. And one of the topics that I was, I was thinking about personally when it came to colorism was the Zoe Saldana incident. I don't know if you guys will, of course, because we briefed about it a few years ago, I believe in 2016, uh, Zoe Saldana played Nina Simone in a, you know, one of the most famous artists, one of my personal favorite artists of all time, in a biopic, and it caused a lot of controversy. For one, she had to wear blackface and a prosthetic nose and teeth to fully look like Nina, even though Zoe Saldana is Afro-Dominican. And most recently in an interview, she came out saying she wish she never played Nina. She wished she had a, she worked hard to, you know, get a black actor, black actress to play, you know, uh, Miss Simone. And I just feel it's, it's a spit on Nina Simone's legacy. The fact that she would take on, as I said, I would take on a role in all that controversy just she was like dragged on social media for it. She even went on um, Sway in the morning, saying, "You know, I don't hate myself for being black, and then all that." And basically, people were just saying she basically said, "I'm sorry, I'm not black enough," you know, which a lot of people deal with too.
2: Um, yeah, I think this, um, generally speaking, colorism and media is is very toxic. I guess. And kind of going back to what you said about positive reaffirmations or seeing yourself in media, we're constantly consuming media. We just talked about it, kind of with the whole OnlyFans thing. Yeah. So for children that are growing up in an environment, I think even, even being exposed to biopics like Nina Simone, that could have been someone's first exposure to um, that artist herself.
1: Right. I guess.
2: But it's, it's important that we, stay true to the characteristics of people because um, that could have been another actress's opportunity. And you said that Zoe Zaldana actually fought to make sure that someone actually emulated Zoe Zaldana. I mean, Nina Simone got the part, right?
0: Yeah. In a in a most recent interview on IG Live, she was talking about, I should have did that. You know, I should have recommended that role to another actress. Because even for me, if I was going to make a Nina Simone biopic, I would have cast someone like Viola Davis india ari i would have casted even someone like angela bassett someone who kind of has that that even um Denai guerrera off of black panther who played okoye i would have cast somebody and showed those the young you know dark-skinned black girls that yes they are beautiful you know because a lot of people even in entertainment they try to look down upon dark-skinned black people And they try to, you know, prop up, you know, the lighter hues like me. Well, not really like me, but the lighter hue African-American. Yeah. Yeah. And even, it can even be attributed to slavery. You know, back in the days when slavery happened, you know, the lighter African-Americans would be butlers and all that. Dark skins would work in the fields, you know. But it's crazy. I I personally feel like, Zoe Saldana should have recommended that to another actor, an actor who was more fit for the role instead of, oh, causing a huge tidal wave on Twitter talking about, yeah, you're not black enough and all that, you know. A lot of people call it light skin privilege, which I personally feel like doesn't even exist, light skin privilege, to a point. To a point. Well,
2: light skin privilege is essentially how Zoe Saldana got the role,
0: even yeah. if.
2: It's the simple fact that um she is at the forefront of i guess some of the most popular african american actors now so yeah. with well, fact statistically speaking that role of um that um was just was her wasn't even a bargain yes
1: yeah
2: Was actors yeah. that don't even look like um nina simone
0: yeah and i I see what you mean by that because like. Even there are a few actors in Hollywood that a lot of people won't look, a lot of people will look down on just because of the color of your skin. I remember an actress or well, a comedian, her name was Leslie Jones, a few years ago, she got clowned on social media for playing, I mean, at least she was cast in that Ghostbusters movie. She was called, like, gorilla and all that like very racial stereotypes that a lot of people paint that picture on with african americans
2: yeah they were um masculine basically creating her as this overly masculine example of a black woman you have to remember that media and even before uh, leslie jones was born media was already that to black yeah it's not necessarily the fitting of that but i mean she definitely um, just became that because she will reap the benefits of it in Hollywood. Right. I mean, they I, typecasting is um, is is just a very negative thing in Hollywood. It, it really
0: is. And even going back to the uh, whole gorilla monkey thing, even I remember when I was little, I saw like little cartoons like Tom and Jerry, Looney Tunes, and all that that kind of portrayed African Americans with the big lips and the 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 charcoal yeah. black type of skin and we were portrayed as dumb ignorant you know very just very negative things you know?
2: yeah and you can that definitely transcends to right now because that was a form of media and right. black white children all all children that were consuming that were um that idea of african american artists any ethnic person just being dumb or being really animalistic was ingrained at in a very young age so that's yeah. now even um, even with movies like the Nina Simone biopic or situations like that, really, where they're not type, where they're not casting the right.
1: Yeah.
2: And, you know, yeah. children. I mean, I would like to say that children are they're understanding; they they are, they're not oblivious to everything. And it's just like, well, casted just not even a popular like dark skinned black actress, but right. given young um, dark actress a chance to play her.
0: Right, that could have been someone's breakout role, like you said, like, it could have been
2: to someone that like, looks like, right, know. right. It could
0: have been like an Academy Award winning thing. And I'm sorry to cut you off. But no, this- it's just, they were like, we don't really know what actor we can get. Let's just get the girl from Gardens of the Galaxy, Avatar. Boom. Yeah, Let's, there we go. Yeah, I'm, they I'm not going it
1: different because it wasn't really her place to play Nina Simone. Only because she's doing Nina Simone a great disservice, because Nina Simone was not only a singer, but also a civil rights activist.
0: Yeah, right. She walked alongside, I believe, Malcolm X and many people, Black Panther Party, and one of my favorite songs, um, Strange Fruit. She was talking about the, the killings. Well, Strange Fruit was written by a teacher who was given, and then Billie Holiday sung it, and then Nina Simone. Nina Simone's like, I believe she's the most popular yeah. version of that song. It was about how slaves were being <laughs> lynched and killed. Innocent, innocent people were being killed just because of the color of their skin, which yeah. sadly yeah. still happens today.
2: Definitely, yeah. it's it's essential to point out the fact that um, Nina Simone's life intersected with the civil rights movement. That that's very important, and yeah. of that you know, Christian's right. We should have done her an even greater service by casting someone that actually looks like her in this film,
1: because yeah.
2: that emulated everything that um, that they fought for essentially, or at least parts of it.
0: Yeah, and it, and it would show the the progression of Hollywood, because Hollywood let's be real, Hollywood back in the day was extremely prejudiced. You no. Know? When you look at films from like the 1950s, and I would even say 1920s, even though I don't think films made that era, but very prejudiced. Not a lot of diversity, not a lot of, you know, ethnic people. If you had a black person, he would either be a thug, a drug dealer, anything like that. Slavery (laughs) movies were very popular. Yeah. What are you about to say?
1: Yeah, and even
2: in earlier movies, um, Slaves, like Gone with the Wind, Hattie McDaniel was typecasted for years, and I think even before Gone with the Wind as a slave, and even although she was the first Black woman to, I think it was an Oscar she won. Yeah, I,
0: yeah, she Oscar. was the first Black woman to win an Oscar, probably yeah. Best okay. Supporting Actress.
2: Yeah, but yeah, she was still typecasted after that. So even as... Um, I guess, make these progressions, we've definitely progressed. We, we still have to fight to make sure that everyone has a space. I mean, film is an art. We have to make sure that everyone yes. has a space in this art. Even though we treat it like an industry, it's an art as well. And we have to represent all people in this art and reflection of life. And make sure
1: exactly. that the are getting
0: served. Like. Exactly, you know. It's, it's important to have that representation in film, in art yeah. in general. Mm-hmm. But there
1: um mind. Oh, what were you
0: saying? What are you saying?
1: Kristen. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Oh, what's Kristen?
0: Yeah, were you gonna say something, Kristen?
2: No. All right. Keep talking over each other. Good. I can hardly see right now. Okay. Right. <laughs> like
0: uh, yeah. we'll improve. We'll improve. Just the first yeah. episode. We got it. So let's see now. So we basically talked about all this basically. Straight Outta Compton is another example of how uh, black men were very characterized as thugs and stuff even though they were trying to fight for their rights. Like Ashanti said, blackish was a good example of that as well. Now let's talk about a song that I I just think is kind of weird, kind of polarizing. We all love, well, we all love Cardi B, Megan Stallion, WAP, and all that. But I just find it kind of ridiculous that a lot of politicians are, like, talking about the song. And it's like, this is art. You're in politics. Just focus on that. You know what I'm saying? But uh, do you think you two can kind of come, like, well, educate me on why people hate the song and even an analysis of the song, Wow.
2: Kristen, would you like to start first? Honey. <laughs> uh, oh. What were you about to say, Kristen? No? Well, I'll, I'll kick it off. Wow. What wow. that? I mean. I'll, I'll, I'll kind of, sort of. I think in general, people have a problem with accepting the duality of Black women in states, or like, I guess, right. Black women and the entire act um diaspora but specifically in the united states is so toxic because the representation of the black body has just it's become a form of media it's become of uh, not necessarily even a form of art it's just become something that we can pass off to each other races yeah. i can get injected i can get disinjected and recreate the idea of a black woman but um yeah. black culture that's toxic because we tend to Hypersexualized people and I think Megan Thee Stallion is um, Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B deserve duality they do yeah they do, they do. they're not yeah. just they are not and I think right. that's so so offended by the song I mean I don't think they need to be offended we're all desensitized to these explicit lyrics I mean we've been exactly. here I know, since I was a child I don't know about y'all but I, I mean
0: know. listen,
2: listen. I don't yeah. know about y'all but <laughs> like, but I'm I, I'm essentially I think at one point I was
0: desensitized to it. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people There's
2: a lot to talk about.
0: Yeah. Keep going. I feel like a lot of people can be desensitized to these types of songs and all that. Like same with the Shanti, I grew up listening to some, some real stuff, you know. Right. Hearing it and stuff. Like when I first listened to rap music, it was I started saying the stuff that they were saying you know cussing all that you know so it was just like dang you know yeah
2: and if you treat music as a form of art i guess even though i know a lot of people are like what the fuck but if you treat music as a form of art <laughs> these artists are trying to outdo each other with the graphics and explicit lyrics it's just yeah. it, it seems to me at this point like a competition so rap was inevitable it's bound to happen and now we have this song call throat baby what what is that song called what's that i forgot who wrote it but i think that's that
0: okay 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 i know and i know you might flame me for that
2: it's about but to that that,
0: refra- that song is low key fire though but even even then, that no. even when i hear that it's like what are you doing and like,
2: that's the point why is it fire why is it fire to you
0: it has to you- be like the beat
2: you love that beat. I lo- it's something you can dance to.
0: Right, the beat is fire. the The refrain is pretty cool. The, the that little when he tried to be like melodic and stuff, I'm like, okay, that's cool. But it's that's- like the lyrics is like, I don't want to hear this.
2: We enjoy the technicalities of this music. I mean, it was a pretty good um composition. I like dance to it. But at the same at the expense of that, we lose meaningful lyrics, I guess. We right. lose a lot of that. So I mean, y'all trying to turn up and get down, but y'all can't be mad when Cardi B and Megan the Stallion comes out with a bop, but y'all don't like it if that is too explicit.
0: Exactly. And even going back to like meaningful stuff, like you could you could listen to you can listen to the baby talking about he'll slap he'll slap somebody and kill somebody. Oh, and then you can listen to like Kendrick Lamar sing about me I'm dying of thirst where he's talking about are y'all going to care about me when I when I'm gone not die you know like yeah. it's crazy it's crazy but I I ain't going to lie though like the beat is fire on that song the refrain but even going back to WAP like the sample is pretty cool like there's some in this house I'm like okay that sample is pretty fire but this is when I, when I hear it, it's just like,
2: yeah. and
0: even watching the video, it was just like,
2: yeah, need so, to bring that up, which is just to point out like the minor hypocr- hypocrisies of that, because we, we've constantly, I've constantly been exposed to explicit content, Same here. lyrics, um, images and stuff like that. So it's mm-hmm. just like, now for y'all to say something about it. Now it's
0: like, you too late
2: being hypersexualized now for y'all to bring that up like right. this, this is an ongoing conversation this yeah, is, not, this really is. This not i'm sorry what the fuck no
0: <laughs> right but. <laughs> but yeah but yeah it, it it is a really like this conversation i think it's very intriguing just the fact that black women's bodies have been pretty much exploited for since yes marketed for damn near forever, and the fact that y'all talking about this now, it's like y'all too yeah. late. Y'all late to the yeah. party.
2: Whenever the I guess best-selling artist comes out, sometimes um, first things people say is, "Damn, she's just doing too much for real. Her whole ass is out. Her whole bleep is out. All this other stuff."
0: People and have that, that, yeah, exactly.
2: And people are craving for the next Lauren Hill, the next Erica Badu, the next um the next sensation um that kind of emulates them that whole genre of art yeah like we are in we're in a stage right now where this is the only that you want to see or i mean black women and that you want to see but for me what how we continue to um we just continue to formulate the black female body how mm-hmm. can we make money off this shit? that's wrong bro
0: even even there are other artists who were ridiculed about that too. Nikki Minaj was having that same uh conversation, Beyonce, that exact same conversation. Like when I remember when Lemonade came out, it was like, okay, you talking about female empowerment and black lives matter, but you wearing skimpy outfits and dancing very sexually. I'm like, I shut up. Like, for real. She's an artist. You're supposed to enlighten people while also entertaining people. That's that's just me when it comes to that.
2: Yeah, yeah, you do make a great point. And going back to do the duality of um, black women, I wanted to say, do you guys feel like um, female rappers are allowed um, duality, black female rappers specifically?
1: No, I don't believe they're allowed duality because rappers like Cardi B literally talk about bernie sanders talk about ice and talk about personal hygiene and yet they're not recognized for it unless they make it into a meme and for megan the stallion she's a law student she's going to university doing classes on top of her music career and no one recognizes that Mm -hmm. yeah not to say
2: that they know how to make money off the black image, but essentially this is what the people are asking for. And even before that, they were performers. They were just regular people with their own secular opinions. So I guess are we the creation of the monster?
0: I don't I don't think he boxed we... them in,
2: boxed themselves in.
0: I understand. See, I get what you're saying, like box yourselves in. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like your whole career you talking about that you're talking about some vulgar stuff, and then you talking to Bernie Sanders. It's like, we really can't, like, for me personally, I can't take somebody seriously when you're talking about, yeah, I'm messing with some WAP, and then you go Instagram live in a suit talking to Bernie Sanders. I, I, I'm sorry, I, I can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's like if who can I? That's like if Lil Wayne made a song about police brutality and then he comes out in an interview saying, Oh, I, I really don't mess with Black Lives Matter and none of that. Like, no. what? Same thing with even ASAP Rocky. I remember he was people were dragging him about that. It was like, okay, you you up in Europe, you know, at fashion shows and all that, but the neighborhood that you grew up in, Harlem, it's like crime rate up here, police killing people, all that. You're not even going to support it?
2: It's a discussion. I've actually been, um, not to go off topic, but it's a discussion I've been having with my family and friends a lot of the time. They are okay. uh, an artist that actually champion the Black Lives Movement or Black empowerment or, just, um, I guess, emboldening the communities and bolstering them. The same ones that talk about that and put this into their lyrics aren't doing as much as they can. They're not using and implementing all their resources. Yeah. I mean be Putting money into recreational um, centers, putting money into the education system, and um, putting money to actually create um, create beneficial recreational system, um, centers. I mean, putting money into programs and your, your neighborhoods where you know children benefit from those programs. Just there's so much you, that you could do. Yeah, they're doing walking, not a walk, and not a lot of walk to me, especially since we're from Atlanta. I mean, I, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for them to come back to the communities and do. You know, not just come back like every Christmas, not just come, you know what I'm saying? Exactly, exactly.
0: Since both of us are from Atlanta, we, I, I, I truly understand, like we want, we want like the big name artists like Nigos and all that little Baby to come in. That's why when Lil Baby did that Black Lives Matter song, I was like, okay, that's, that's cool. This dude is literally, he went from talking about owning Lamborghinis and rocking Prada to.
2: Yeah, but we shouldn't. Right. Over him for that either.
0: Right. Like them for that either. Right. I understand mm-hmm. that too. Keep talking. To talking about, you know, he wants to he wants to inspire people to stand up for themselves while he's here, while he's still alive. And I, I respect him for that, you know? Yeah, it's
2: definitely respectable.
0: The fact that he was one of the only black artists to come out and be like, Yeah, I'm talking about why our lives do matter. Not saying that we the only ones that matter, that we're all human.
2: Yeah, and another thing I was um, talking about besides the issue of these artists not coming back to their communities and um, doing um, um, supplying them like, with sustainable resources and I guess like programs, besides all that, I was saying that a lot of these artists are actually perpetuating microwave um, activism. You guys know what I mean by microwave activism? Yes. Worth. Yeah. Yeah. It's just basically when some sort of social disorder happens, everyone just hops on a bandwagon and they're spewing out all of this literature. They're spewing. You need to. Yeah. Need to they
0: them. they show like clips of James Baldwin and stuff on their Instagram pages, like, and then yeah. like few weeks later they're gonna delete it off the Instagram page.
1: Yeah.
2: Cool. For you to have all these young followers, you should have been inspiring authors, inspiring them to um to do all this research. and Firing them in control the before all of this as a black person now it's yeah. not now it's not isolated time to speak on the issue if you really cared about it you would have been you would have been doing this we cannot exactly. over- we would have been doing this I'm not trying to be too critical of them either you' no. be
0: you're, you're being you're being informative you're being yeah. informative about this stuff needs to change but
2: yeah. yeah I mean that's that's one of the things that needs to change is microwave activism yeah. I mean, personal I'm going to introduce my children to um, formative African-American literature at a young age because I think that's important because it it's going to not necessarily just inspire them but remind them the meaning of everything that we're doing right now and the ways to do it. Yeah. Because
1: success
2: isn't the only way. You have to change this institutionally.
0: Yeah.
2: Not just with it's a lifelong. It's a lifelong dedication. Yeah of all the spaces and bureaucracies you exist in is institutional all all the way. Like I'm not trying to people. I'm not trying to be like rude or anything. But it's a lot you're
0: not. You're 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 not being rude (laughs) at all.
2: Like indoctrinated in me. Like for my grandmother, it's it's very important to me that I puts like um that I put the entire African um, diaspora, African American diaspora in front of me and know that throughout my life I have to make contributions and that I have to to make contributions and even when in the way I raise them is a contribution.
0: Yeah, definitely. Very powerful. But yeah. so okay. there's so much more to
2: talk about. There's so yeah, much. Yeah, there's there's, to there's so
0: much. We gotta continue this. We gotta continue yeah. this.
2: This too, like we're we're being really terse about this right now. I'm sorry yeah. for watching. We're trying. <laughs>
1: what are you gonna say, Kristen? Yeah, so you're basically saying that education is the key to empowering our communities. Um,
2: yeah, ed- education with resources like money and um, with that money creating better um, programs and education systems resources for people. Exactly. Resources
0: because yeah. even Nelson Mandela said that education is like is the most powerful weapon. A person can have, you know, a gun. No. Uh, yeah. a sword no but education that's that's more powerful than anything yeah
2: you know? and um so yeah i didn't want it to just be like explicitly or like specifically education how but how rights are introduced to people. it needs to be introduced to people in a not just as a, like american government as a we have the chance and choice to um create change and all this other and all this other stuff but as but as, way of for me it's not just something that i just try to do one day It's that we should always be thinking about definitely you'll always be wearing is that i mean if it is democracy zero out change and it's it's malleable
1: it's definitely. malleable
2: and that's something that should be indoctrinated in children from a young age not to sound like an anarchist or anything like that no 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 definitely,
0: definitely. <laughs> but yeah any final thoughts on this topic? And then we'll move on to the last topic.
2: I can't believe, we were, we were talking about WAP and we got all the way to this. That just I know,
0: we just went, that's that's, that's crazy. <laughs> like, we just went from a song to like educating the next generation how to improve themselves.
2: Like, yeah. That's great. Yeah, but that's I, I, great. I, yeah, we definitely have to, I have to do some more research on this and maybe come back in the next video because I wasn't explaining things the best way that I could.
0: Now, you actually were explaining stuff really well. But yeah, we we definitely have to continue this topic in future episodes. Okay?
1: Yeah.
0: And now, the final topic is the problem with contemporary art regarding mainstream appeal. Now, basically, the reason why we were talking about this topic or I introduced this topic to you guys is because of the whole, not only because of the WAP thing, but is that art has been... Very construed and very, you know, looked down upon on mainstream appeals for their artistic value and that expression, you know, that the many people try to silence the lack of expression that many people have when it comes to art stuff. People like, um, Robert Mapplethorpe, who a lot of people accused of homosexuality because of the certain pictures that he, um, created was like the male body and, you know sex and all that so it's kind of crazy to think that these topics these very taboo and controversial topics are relevant now you know
1: yeah
2: yeah so um are you saying that we aren't that we aren't that the general public isn't enjoying art in the same way that it was before we're not being critical
0: the, the general public is not accepting, is less accepting of, you know, the black women black women expressing their bodies more instead of how they kind of were expressed back then. Uh, homosexuality not being, you know, is not being looked at as just we're all human. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. I, I see what
2: you're saying. Um, let me look at this for a second. So this, you're talking about this mainstream art yeah let's sort up of, and how we express the intersections people exist at in our yeah
0: yeah in,
2: in media oh that's that's a good topic me and Kristen were um i think you remember this Kristen. we were talking about how i think it was this short film on this youtube channel called omletto um it was um i forgot what film festival it was showed at but i really liked the way that they just normal being a queer person and yeah. it, it was the forefront of their identity it was an intersection they're human they're, they're men and they also they're also gay they like other men or they're also bisexual they like it's, it's also 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 not I'm just this and I think that's important in media as far as um the LGBTq conversation goes yeah
0: and it's a very important topic to have you know I think we yeah. just got to continue both of these topics in future videos you know but mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
2: but what um what other um what other conversation were you bringing up about um, the mainstream art thing? Yeah.
0: Just how just how people weren't as accepting of a person going out and experimenting with something that people might deem you know controversial like you know homosexuality and all that that's basically it.
2: Mm-hmm. Are there any films um, like current films or anything anything like on a streaming platform that kind of does that like people have backlashed over because the way that Moonlight
0: yeah that, that's one of the films I was going to bring up is Moonlight where people didn't really accept the main character you know but he had to find out who he was and you know evolve as a man
2: yeah and people do you mean like audience like viewing the film or like actual people in the film or both because the audience itself are the people that he was interacting with you get what I'm saying yeah others in the film i guess we are the people that he was around yeah like the audience was but that's something that we we definitely have to work on normalizing people the intersections that people exist in and media too yeah yeah Yeah. we definitely
0: definitely got to work on that
2: Mm -hmm. And as far as um, what you like to see, this kind of goes back into the whole Tyler Perry situation where he wasn't allowing um, there to be a board of writers and have a general consensus on what the Black experience in this is. I feel like a lot of the times box people up and make them overly too much of this. It does show like a it does capture a sense of pride. I guess, but it's in a it's in a comical way. Some people just want to watch a regular TV show and see a regular example of like a black person or a not an overly flamboyant version of like a right. gay. Person. People want to see that, I guess. So I think yeah. a lot of times, um, when creating media like this, that's what the problem is: not having a variety of writers and not coming to some sort of general consensus about what do we want to show people, what what's appropriate for now yeah absolutely specific,
0: what are you gonna say Chris?
1: so archetypes of these people instead of going off of real people's real life experiences yeah
2: yeah and is that our fault are we comfortable with archetypes that goes back to walk
0: i don't think i don't think so but it's like let's let's try to break that those stereotypes like down let's like throw those out like not all black people like that you know what i'm saying because when, when you brought up tyler perry i always think of his movies as portraying black stereotypes up. exactly
2: yeah, true. literally mad black woman
0: exactly like
2: <laughs> not discussing the reason but you know like, <laughs> not going, yeah. I mean, i'm discussing them, we're not really going in the way and we can't expect too much from from um a Tyler Perry film.
1: Exactly I guess,
2: or We can't expect too much on these reflections of life, I guess. But we do express we do expect progress. We express evolution. Def- expect-
0: Absolutely.
2: I I guess. And and media. But Especially I... how- Mhm.
0: Yeah. But yeah. Definitely gotta have this this conversation. All all of this that we're, you know, bringing up we definitely gotta have to explore it more in future you know episodes and stuff like that but uh yeah Yeah. any any thoughts any final thoughts um
2: not not any coming to mind right now i guess
0: any final thoughts Kristen? no well i guess that wraps up our first episode
1: all right it was fun or whatever
0: all right. See y'all. Bye. See y'all next episode. Peace. See
1: yeah, y'all next episode. Yeah.